Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two hyperextended co-hosts. What's up, Sarah and Gene? <laughs> uh, hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. Um, I, I don't think I am hyperextended. I'm, I might have hypertension, but I, I don't think uh, I'm hyperextended. Uh, my name is Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And uh, my name is Gene Zielak. You can find me at Producer Gene. And uh, I think I'm just a deep bone bruise. I don't really think <laughs> hyperextended, to be honest with you. Also, don't forget, you can find the show at Potadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say a couple of bone bruises, but uh, that doesn't seem <laughs> quite as complimentary. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to... The doesn't sound too nice. <laughs> it sounds like get, you're tall and it's a problem. Yeah, we're going to get to the Embiid injury, but uh, we got to talk about the Flyers first. Uh, and we haven't talked about them for, you know, quite some time. And it's just shitty right now. Sarah, why don't you take us into, <laughs> into the world of the Flyers? Yeah, happy to be back on the show. Um, uh, well, let's talk about those flyers, huh? Um, so there, I, I don't even know where to begin. Can I just they start? Can I just start off by saying that right now, even winning is annoying. <laughs> Why? Because of how we win, or the that you think this prolongs the problem or no, no, no. well okay well that's part of it two it's like the wins are not i don't know they're just not solid wins they feel yeah. sort of like okay we're scrambling we're scrambling and yeah, somehow we managed to pull out this win and it was a shootout and after overtime and we we scored yeah, it's just not organized the wins are not never come organized and to your point about it prolongs it, it the organization keeps being able to have this conversation like everything's fine, everything's <laughs> fine. We're treading water. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I, I feel like everything's not fine. Well, the, I'll use that as a jumping off point because I agree. Um, at least for this year, everything is not fine. Um, there's struggling across the board. There are a lot of young guys that we asked to step up who haven't. Um, so something needs to be done. Something needs to be done because I don't think we have another year to say this year doesn't count of, mm -hmm. okay, it's the pandemic year, pandemic year part two. Okay. The guys are still young, but no, no, our, our window is open. So I don't want to, 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 blow it up. I don't want to completely mortgage the farm this year, but something needs to be done. Our defense needs to be better. And first and foremost, I'm calling out my boy. Ivan Provorov has not got the job done this year. I love him. He is a great defenseman, but he's been given the opportunity to be the guy for a couple years now. And every time he gets it, he, he just doesn't you know, put a stranglehold on it. He he plays well enough. He's a very good defenseman. He's the best defenseman on the team right now, but he needs to be better. He needs to be a more stabilizing force. He needs to be able to, to be a little bit of Couturier of, you know, all right, somebody's having a problem, put him on Couturier's line. Well, one of our defensemen is having a problem, put him with, with Provorov. But Provorov can't do that right now, and he—he's—he's he's veteran. I've said it before. He's—I'm not giving him the kid pass. He's young, but he's done this long enough. It—he should be—he should be the Nisk in the replacement. We shouldn't be getting somebody else. It should have been Provorov, but it's not. So, you know, I was thinking of it uh, earlier today. The Flyers right now are a lot like when. And a good goalie is struggling. And maybe it's not ugly. Maybe it's not, man, this guy can't stop anything. But it's a lot of, yeah, he probably should have had that one. Or, you know, okay, there's a few really good saves. But of the three, so many elements on this Flyers team where it's, 
uh, our scoring depth is not there. Our defense is not there. And the Band-Aid that fixed everything, you know, Carter Hart, not there. Um, so it, the, the Flyers are in trouble. And the Islanders are steamrolling, man. This, this season is going to – might be really good for the Islanders with how condensed it is and how tough a game they play. Um, Islanders are rolling. Caps are rolling. Capitals 10 in a row. Yep. Um, and this, I mean, we're talking about a Flyers team that um, was one game. I mean, we're one game from the Eastern conference finals. This is just not living up to expectations now. And where's the blame? Who, who's, whose fault is it that, that we're not meeting expectations right now? Um, man in the mirror for a lot of these players. Nineteen. Mm. It's it's so tough because there's just so much going on. It's hard to pinpoint it. Um, first off, it, it's slightly earlier in the season than you may think. You know, you're thinking it's mid March. Playoffs are around the corner. We got about a month to trade deadline, but it's that means it's time to figure out what you're doing. You know, be in early. Find out if you need a, a goalie rental by the by the trade deadline. Um, so, I, I'm putting um, a little blame on Chuck Fletcher, a little blame on Elaine Vigneault for not being able to address the these things that are going on with the team. But they're so widespread. You know, I I had mentioned on another show. Uh, I was concerned about Oscar Lindblom's Oscar Lindblom's. Um, uh, hold on, Sarah. Hold on, hold on. Before, but hold on. Before you talk about Oscar Lindblom, uh, what percentage of the blame um, goes to the captain? <laughs> well, did you watch the game last night? Did you see Giroux put that team on his back and carried him to a win? I know. And, and no, um, I didn't want I watched it. I turned it off after the three goals in the second period because I just got such such agita from it. I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. Um but yeah, Sarah comments here uh about the, the players having COVID. Does that account for play? Not only like just being out, but lingering effects, um, you know, potentially carrying over in into the season, maybe. It certainly can. It, it certainly can. It's it's hard to make a you know a, a case for that being the the causation because mm-hmm. um, who do we know had COVID? Ghost. Ghost is actually having a pretty good de- good season after he came back from COVID. Um, and then our immediate play after the the COVID hiatus, the when the team had the outbreak, our immediate play right afterwards was the the best we did all season. Mm-hmm. But maybe it has to do with fatigue. You know, maybe it's fatiguing. But I'm seeing a real difference between the veteran players and the young players. Whereas the veteran players have been mostly doing their job. I mean, when right. you watch the team, who who's doing well? Voracek, JVR. I mean, JVR mm-hmm. is everyone's you know favorite target. Used to be mine. Reformed ever since he came back. Big JVR fan. Um, it's so we have JVR, we have Voracek, we have Giroux. Um, Braun has the, has the Ferry Bay cooled off. No, Ferry Bay's great. Ferry right. is the one kid who's just absolutely bringing love him, love him. Yeah, oh, fair flyer. <laughs> um, he's he's up there. Um, no, he isn't. I like him. <laughs> I'm real, I'm, I'm optimistic about him, but he's he's nowhere close to my favorite flyer. Let's talk about one of my favorite flyers, Kevin Hayes has not been his mm. dominant self. Um, and he's had points throughout his career where he's streaky, but, you know, his carrying of play has not has not been dominant. You know, whether he's putting the, the puck in the net offsides like he did last night um, or, or producing assists, he's still not controlling the play that, the way he could. Other people are doing well. Katorie doing great. Um, being without Raffle hurt the team. Lawton doing well. And then people like Konechny. Konechny's not having a great year. Lindblom, 
Patrick, Lindblom and Patrick makes a lot of sense. They missed a whole year, abbreviated training camp, condensed schedule. So, uh, Nolan Patrick, it's like, oh, I know it's, it, it feels like I'm making like, excuses. Can we stop talking about this dude? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, who knows what his contract's going to look like next season. This was kind of a, a prove it year, but he has not been proving it. Um, Nolan Patrick is like as if we kept Markel Fultz for three more years. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> I don't like that. That's not nice. That's not fun. Um, I'm sorry. I, it's how I feel. It's like you know, what was he a number two overall pick? He was number two overall pick. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, it's can we get yeah. anything out of this? I feel like number two picks are like really snake bit in this town. Okay, let's think. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, uh, Sean Bradley wasn't he a number two pick? Uh, Nolan Patrick. Now we should just Jonathan not. Be McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have sort of the rule that proves the the exception that proves the rule. Well, well JBR, Sarah, let me ask you this. Let me JBR. ask because I've been wanting to get your take on this. Okay, explain to me the phenomenon of scoring and the immediate give up. <laughs> That's. Again, it's a tough question. If you notice, there's a lot of tough questions surrounding the Flyers. A lot of questions, very few answers. That's unfortunate. And that's where we get to, hey, some of this falls to Fletcher. Some of this falls to AV. But I, I think that phenomenon is people know that the Flyers do that. They're, they, It's hard to put teams away when they're not afraid of you. So... Everyone knows, it's, you know, how many goals have we let people come back? How many leads have we coughed up? So there's something about lacking that killer instinct, lacking that we're scored, we're going to score two more, or we put up two goals in the first, we're going to come out and score another three in the second. It's it's very wishy-washy, and it, it goes back to – just having that even mindset, it's you you love seeing players get really intense and really into it. But sometimes it's it's better to be a, a work pal kind of guy of just go out there, grind it out, do your job. And the Flyers haven't made that transition yet. We Sanheim, not Sanheim, Sanheim's doing okay. Sanheim's doing okay. But Myers, man, Myers has not been good. Um, there's, there's just so much blame to go around and, and I think a defenseman can improve this team dramatically and a rental goalie. And then I want to talk about the goalie for a second. Sure. Gene, I'm looking at you in the, in the bottom box there. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you a psychological question. Oh, these are my favorite. <laughs> There's a reason I'm coming to you. Do you think that – I mean, do you think the it's shitty right now comment um, was – it was honest. I mean, you got to love the honesty, right? Yeah. Uh, from a fan perspective, you got to love the honesty. From a um, – I don't know, a competitor perspective, do we like particularly a goaltender coming out and saying – it's not good right now. I'm struggling. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like I need to find myself. I have to refine my game. Is that blood in the in the NHL water or on the NHL ice? Um, I don't know. It's, it's here's the the thing. Goalies, much like some other particular things in life, I, I think <laughs> maybe drummers, um, maybe punters. Uh, this probably, is why I came to you for this question. Probably <laughs> relief pitchers. Um, you know, they're just people that are like, they break the sort of laws of mental physics. You know what I mean? The, you, you can't really follow what you would normally expect. Uh, if you heard from your starting quarterback, uh, it's just bad right now. I got to find myself. Well, you know what you have? You have Carson Wentz. Um <laughs> you, you sort of end up, you know, there are so many parallels between this Flyers team and the Eagles as far as like what I perceive to be sort of the, it's not even like a culture's thing. It's it's just like this, this energy. It's like they got 
they got some sort of nasty funk in the room and they just can't shake it. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I think with a goaltender, the, the one thing that you can do is, Sarah, you can probably speak to this even better than I can. I think that there is the possibility that you can go out and you can have like that back to back shutout stretch and suddenly feel like you can stop anything. Um, I think that there is enough uh, evidence that the the not insane goaltenders of the world <laughs> have the ability to find uh, almost like a rhythm once and once they get back into that sort of line or groove, you know, it's it's almost like they're they're just a half beat off or or, or something is just off with their their mechanics where they're you know the the muscle memory is 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 just a little bit lagging behind and once they they sort of get lined back up. Um, you can see them go, you know, get back on the on the horse. And the great ones, uh, you know, those 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 uh, hiccups happen a lot less, and they 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 end quicker. Um, but then you have like the, the the Brzgalovs of the world or the Czechmonics of the world, um, and you know the record skips and then goes flying off the table. I, I mean, it's goalies are a different. I mean, anybody who wants to get between two pipes and have people fling hundred mile an hour rubber pucks at them for a living. Uh, obviously there's something that's not all wired up. Correctly. Hey, beats digging ditches, man. Yeah. I mean, it does, but it, it's, it's like close. I would not. Do <laughs> no, no offense to any ditch diggers out there. Right? That, that I, might feel be like, I feel like it's a heck of a lot safer. At least. Hey, can we, can we stay in the psychological zone here for a second? Sarah, you mentioned, potentially getting a rental goalie for the rest of the year. Um, is this something that could have an effect on uh, Carter Hart, you think? <sighs> yes. Yes, it could. Uh, but the question becomes, would it have a long-term effect on Carter Hart? And I think the answer is no. Um, it's a bit optimistic, but he's always been – mentally strong because he has taken care of his mental health. Um, good advice for anyone. If you feel yourself cracking up, do something about it. Um, <laughs> get yourself a doctor, get yourself some meds, you know, just take care of I like of that. It. Get yourself um, some meds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's easy to do. If you know the right loopholes, you can, you can self-medicate all day long. Um, sorry, I lost my point. Um, but, oh, no, no, but I... I'm not worried about Hart long-term. Okay. I don't think he's going to be the, the guy that just loses it and never gets it back. Um, Gene, I had one little problem with what you said. You said the not crazy goalies. Only one? Well, they don't exist. Not crazy goalies don't oh. exist. Every goalie's some level of crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we said where, hey, a shutout streak, get your confidence back, Sure. And as Carter's career goes on, we're going to see him struggle again. Yeah. Hopefully not next year, but it's just, it's the progression of a goaltender. And hopefully the variance gets smaller. Again, I'm going to point back to Claude Giroux because I love him and Dave likes to torch me. But <laughs> if you watched his game, um, think of that uh, 2009, 2010 run. How creative Giroux was. And he's bouncing the puck off the boards to himself. He's, you know, doing a spinorama in the middle of the ice. He's faking guys out. He's, you know, dipsy-doing through three people. Does he do that now? Not so much. But it's the consistency of effort. So, you know, your, your highs, you know, make it a little bit lower from the, like, spectacular moments of, like, wow, what great – great thinking on his feet, you know, what, what great uh, improvising those moments might get a little lower, but the lows should get higher. And that hopefully will happen with Carter as well. And I think if you, you can't play Brian Elliott as a, a starting goalie in this condensed schedule. I don't think he's injury prone, but his quality of play drops off dramatically if you overplay him he is a great backup he he's you know doing well to to 
you know, stop the bleeding. Well, mm -hmm. to slow the bleeding. Um, he's doing well to slow the bleeding, but Carter's the guy. And if he's not the guy on trade deadline day, you know, look at look at um I think Jonathan Quick might be on the last year of his contract. I mean, he's not the goaltender he was, but you can make a move like that and Carter, go. I'm here if for Carter's the run. not the guy. If Carter's not the guy this year, then this year's over. Well, that was kind of something. So I, play I was, it out, like play out of it. Well, the question becomes: Is this a development year, or is this a year we're trying to win it? Both. Well, if it's both, I hate those answers. I hate both as an answer. So I, why not, I would I, say you're trying to win it. If you're trying to win it. Get a rental goaltender. Let Carter fight for the job. Let him know that, hey, this could become yours. This sucks. Why? But it's shitty it, right now. If it's, it is <laughs> shitty right now. It is. It's because, you know, you're talking about even the wins, it's tough. You don't feel immense amount of confidence. I like having Raffle back. This next game against New York, um, which should be tomorrow, um, depending on when you're listening to this, it's going to be St. Patrick's Day. Um, and St. Patrick's Day against the Rangers, the Flyers need to win that game. They they do, because after that, we're facing the Islanders, who are rolling, and the Flyers match up poorly against them. Hey, Fashion Adelphia, are we going to wear the St. Patrick's so, Day sweaters in a game, or are they just yeah. pre-skate jerseys? Oh, pre-skate jerseys. They're to... And they've been doing it forever. I they know, so, but just play the Irish game in them. What's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, I'd enjoy it. Um, yeah, depending on how much, depending on how much revenue the NHL needs, <laughs> it might happen. Um, speaking, but, speaking of one of the worst uh, uh, uniforms in uh, Philadelphia history, uh, I guess St. Patrick's Day is the anniversary of that. It, those ugly, ugly green Phillies uniforms. I know some people think they're cool. I hate the green. They're uniforms. not cool. There is nothing that needs to be green about the Phillies, except for the fanatic. I did. I loved the the uh, the Flyers St. Patty's Day pregame skate jerseys they had this year. I especially like the sort of like uh, tartan uh, armband there, the plaid. Uh, I just thought I thought they were super slick, and I was I, I like, oh, I hope they play a game with these things on. That would be kind of cool. I guess they I, do. They usually, Sarah, do they usually like auction them off or something like for charity to try and raise money for them? Uh, I bet you they. I bet you they would. Um, I can't guarantee you that they do. Usually, those pregame warm-up jerseys, they, um, they do auction them off for charity. All the AHL ones, they auction those off. Um, these, every team in the NHL is wearing the exact same design, but with a different logo the nhl shop sells them they're like a hundred bucks as opposed to 200 or 300 or whatever so i i love them i wish they did something like the nba does and has like okay here are these bastions of irish population in the united states um let's have them celebrate st patrick's day but no this is a marketing gimmick guys i'm sorry yeah. Well, uh, Tim here, who, like in most cases, is with me but also against me, um, <laughs> is saying that if you have any faith in Hart, you have to treat this as developmental. Bringing in a rental when he's already playing poorly will kill him. Yeah, I kind of – I'm picking up like, oh, no, thumbs down. I, I'm picking up <laughs> Wentz vibes with the, you know, bringing in – I'm supposed to be the – you know, but maybe maybe he's not like that. But I still think you got to try to – you're a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you're a contender. You, you got to go for it. What uh, what did what does Daryl Morey say? If you have a ten percent, five percent chance of winning the title, you got to go for it. Yeah. Well, going for it is getting a a serviceable goalie, and I'm not talking today. No, I'm not talking so, today. I'm no, talking. You need look. Who wins the Who wins the cup with a serviceable goalie? Um, as as well, Sarah lists off five teams that have done it in the last ten years, I'm sure. I I'm not going to, but um, you have with Trent Dilfer probably. <laughs> the the Blackhawks um, were always good at bringing a rental goalie. Ray Emery got his Stanley Cup ring uh, as a, a backup uh, or part of a three man tandem for the the Blackhawks. It's usually here's the thing. 
If you need a goalie, you <laughs> need... I have no money, but I get paid they... in two weeks. <laughs> We're going to real niche with some college callback here. I, I hope uh, I hope that the sales crew is listening tonight. Um, but um, oh no, no, the, the thing is, goaltender rentals are rare because if you're in the position that you need a goaltender, usually you're not in the playoff position. So yeah, and that's what I'm saying is it's not like the Flyers are some excellent team as we just discussed. There's problems all over the place, so the goaltending can just kind of be like replacement level, and we could carry that through to a Stanley Cup final. It's just not going to no, happen. It has well, to be Carter Hart. It's Carter Hart or nothing for the future of the team. Yes, but if you want to win, even this, this year though is what I'm saying. Well, I, I mean, I think that's a point, but I'd hate to waste resources when I'd hate to for it to be trade deadline day. We've already sold pieces to bring in a number one defenseman. That's, I mean, the Flyers are kicking around for a top pair defenseman, not necessarily number one. That could be Provorov, but we're looking for a top pair defenseman or a veteran defenseman. Um, the Flyers need size. The Flyers are too easy to play against it. Young guys, smaller guys, they get knocked around. So the Flyers need to bring in size. Um, so if you do those things and don't replace the goaltender and Hart is not playing at an elite level, well, then why did we give stuff up? If, if Carter Hart's the future and we're playing for the future, let's be conservative. If you're trying to win this year, we have to sincerely consider bringing in a rental goalie no sooner than the day before trade deadline. You know, don't do it now. You want in the next three weeks for Carter to get his game back. I, I don't just think feel it's like happen. to have a successful to have a successful playoff run here. You need to draw an inside straight here with the goaltending, and your best bet to do that is to just squeeze Carter Hart out of the tube. Like, just get through it. Well, let's go back to that inside straight draw. All right. So um, the flop has come. All we got is an inside straight draw. That's it. Has the turn happened yet in this scenario? Let's – no, turn hasn't happened yet. So we're now the question is, do you check? Do you, do you, do you bet? Um, do you call? You I Roman check Monic. <laughs> you, you never Roman check Monic. Um, never, never Roman. You check never Monic. check Monic on the on the turn. No, but I'm saying if you're going to put money in the pot, if you're going to try to make your team better, then that has to include the net. That has to. Don't do anything stupid. Don't don't trade them away like we traded away Bob. But. If you are going for it this year, if you are going to spend the assets to make the team better elsewhere, pick up a damn rental goalie. You know, if you're not going to spend the assets, let Carter, let it ride with heart. But I'm fine with that. But I, I think it's something you have to consider if this team, if this team is, is just missing reliable goaltending or if reliable goaltending could really help fix the problems with the defense and the problems with the defense help fix the problems with the offense. Gene, break this tie, please. See, here's the thing. When we started talking about this, uh, there was a moment where I got completely distracted and had to kind of like check back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being with us today, Gene. Hey, look, I'm back now. Okay. So what, and I can't make fun I, of and I got distracted much. was because I started thinking about one of my favorite things in the whole world. And that thing is, uh, it's it's an NES game. I don't know if you ever had it. It's uh, it's it's called ice hockey. And kind of the way you were describing the problems with the Flyers, I started to immediately think like, oh shit, the Flyers are that team that's all three of the skinny guys. And the problem is, you can never get a slap shot off because you always keep getting bumped off of the puck. So once in a while, those guys are so fast, you can sneak a couple goals in and maybe win, but you will never be able to run the whole table with a, a team of three skinny guys. So what the flyers are looking for is one of those big fat guys 
uh, <laughs> they can stick with the two skinny guys, maybe to rough up those other guys around. That's sort of like my interpretation of what they're looking at for uh, at the at the trade deadline. Now, there's no analogy in the game for how you trade a goalie because you're just stuck with the thing that you you move back and forth. Um, but uh, I think that that was a pretty cool way to think about um, ice hockey, which is why I, I got so distracted because I was like, now in that game, did was there like a tournament that you could win or you would just select the different team? Like I, that's where my mind went. And then I checked back in. So welcome. Are to- you sure you checked back in? Uh, no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> Chris says no. the fat guys to brawl. Yeah. I, I used to like to be Russia and all fat guys. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the rain or the that's the Islanders, right? Would that be a good analogy? Would the Islanders uh, be probably. all guys? And I feel like the Capitals are all uh, middle-sized guys. Yeah, they got some big guys too. But yep, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're 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 a half hour in here. Let's move on. Is everyone okay with moving on? Has everyone said their piece with the Flyers? Wait, no, I have, we have not talked about Blades of Steel yet. I think we need to <laughs> revisit that. <laughs> well, if we're getting into Konami well, games, I want to talk double. I want to talk double dribble. <laughs> double dribble. We pick up the two games that have like the most awkward voice. Yeah, I don't know. Synthesis in the beginning. Say, it wasn't voice acting because there was no humans involved. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think we were all watching uh, the the Sixers Wizards game. Which during that game, my son turned around to me and said. Dad, did you know that the Washington basketball team used to be called the Bullets? Oh, (laughs) yes, I knew that. Turn around. Um, (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't go from the Washington Bullets to the Washington basketball team. That was a missed opportunity. (laughs) Great. And and how the Zards. So, what was your initial reaction to the Embiid injury? Because I think we were all watching it real time. Yeah, we were. Independently, not together. Yeah, not together, unfortunately. Well, I'll I'll jump in here because um, this is probably the most I've ever had to contribute to a basketball segment. But I I <laughs> I was concerned because knees don't bend like that. I really I thought his season was easily over, and I was worried about long term injury because that was gross. <laughs> that, that was was like planted and just like. Yeah, so I I was watching and just freaked out. I'm like, well, Embiid's done. I I cannot believe he has no serious damage. Uh I had a similar sort of like looking away from the TV and like not interested in looking back cuz I didn't want to see a replay sort of experience. Um so I think I immediately like went to my phone. I think I immediately went to Twitter. Like there was going to be somebody on there that was going to be. Able to- <laughs> He's fine. Trust me. Like, hey, yo, don't worry about it. It's totally. I was hoping like Joe Thighs would be like, mine was way worse. Don't worry. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, I, I, I just it, it's something about DC and leg injuries too. Like you had Alex yeah. Smith, Eisman, and beat. Um. But no, I mean that was certainly my initial reaction. I I tried to maintain a sense of the optimist that was like, Hey, if he's able to get off the court and when you see those sort of horrific injuries and, um, and football and stuff, like you see those, those dudes who are tough as nails weep, like they just completely break down. And Embiid did was certainly in pain, but, um, you know, we, we've seen Embiid cry and we didn't see him. He wasn't nearly as upset as he was after the loss to the Raptors. So, um, I had some faith that maybe that, it would it would come through. I also was like, if there's one thing that the universe that karma needs to do, it's we we need to at some point be when we finally are allowed to have fans back in that arena. At some point, please, they at least we at least need to be able to see Joel Embiid in this season play in person. The fans are back. Gene. I know that's what I'm saying. Is but yeah. Like, I, I, oh, but the, yeah, we haven't gotten people, that was on the road. But like right, so right, right, right. Actually, right. got Embiid play. Yeah. So if he can just get back this season, at least we can we can he- have him have him see him play. The thing that is really even like doubly tragic to me is like he is clearly well on well out in front, in my opinion, of, of the MVP race. And any deep length of time you have to worry is going to, you know, because I don't know how these jokers vote, you know, and yeah. James is going to be making his case that it's going to be him every single year. So it's um, funny that you say that because that was my. Well, obviously, my first thought was season's over. 
this that's it. It's done. Like whatever this injury is, like it's definitely a season ending injury. Let's start thinking about like career. I hope he's you know fine next year. Right. Uh, was automatically where my mind was at to hear the next day that there was no structural damage and it was just a bone bruise, just a bone bruise, say it like that. Um, and that it's, you know, at least two weeks is like, holy shit. And I, um, you know, I got a shout out to Dr. Keith Heck of, you know, the first person I messaged since I got the news about bone bruise, I said, give it to me straight, doc. It's going to be back for the playoffs. And, uh, and Dr. Heck said 95% chance back for the playoffs. He was amazed that there was nothing uh, structurally wrong. But then my next thought was, okay, you know, okay, career is good. All right, check. How about this season? Playoffs? Okay, check. Regular season? Whatever. But then my next thought was, ooh, this is dropping him out of the MVP race. Yeah, and that seems really unfortunate. Like, he's he's just having such an incredible – and, like, the, the most, like, classic case of an MVP, you can look at – our record with him in the lineup and and him not in the lineup. You can look at the way that our uh, the scores of the games that he's in versus he's out. You look at his statistics. He's doing things that guys his size have never done. Or the only people that have done it are are people like Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Like the these are not just great players, but like the Mount Rushmore iconic big men of the NBA. Guys that are in the conversation behind LeBron James and Michael Jordan for the greatest people to ever play the game. And Joel Embiid is putting up those sorts of numbers while also leading the team that's in the first place in the conference. So he's, he's doing everything that you need to do to make that case. So um, I'm really hoping that this is not the end of his campaign and um, sure. that uh, sure. he, he continue to, to fight for it. And yeah. if not, then I sure as hell hope that he, can get the other the other trophy at the end of the season well yeah i mean and, and you know talking about now more of a from a team perspective coming out of the all-star break yeah the schedule was a little soft you know so it's hard to get hype about you know they played the bulls they played the wizards and they and they played the spurs well i mean yeah they won all those games they actually blew the doors off of all of those teams yeah no they played really well um, so that's really encouraging, and um, and the uh, the Sixers just took the lead here, ninety to eighty nine, with uh, five minutes left in the game. So they're fighting like hell with a quality team now. The Knicks, uh, you know, tomorrow is going to be a real test against the yep. Bucks, and it's just really hard to watch these games without Embiid. I mean, it's it's fun to watch them, but it's hard in a sense that. You know what? What would this game look like if if Embiid was there? It's going to you know? be interesting to see how this changes maybe the plan for the trade deadline. I don't know if now you you look to shore up for sort of like the 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 yeah. What do we got? Like nine days left until yeah for the end of the sort of the close of the regular season. Do you go and sort of shore up your big man? Do you you have a guy coming out of the blue coats that could realistically give you quality minutes? I don't know if he's ready to. Are we uh, talking about Paul Reed? Yeah, I don't know if he's. I, I think that he's a guy that could be a serviceable player in the in the regular season. Uh, right now. Yeah, he's not going to get playoff minutes though. No, 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 no. And that's what I think that that's why I'm wondering if you're gonna if you're gonna shore up your your spot at the big. Game. I mean, he go, he'll get minutes at the end of the Spurs game, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know but, you're locked up. You're locked up against the Knicks. I don't think he's coming into the game. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm just more looking at somebody that's going to be to spell minutes that you, you know, isn't going to make an ass out of themselves. And then the question is, is like, you know, are you going to mean, you know, I, I highly doubt we're going to maintain this number one position in the East while Embiid's out. Um, yeah, but I would like to stay in the top four. I'd like to be like, Oh, I think we most certainly will do that. I, I mean, it's, because I think you need to have the home court advantage as long as you can, as deep as you can go. Um, yeah. As more and more there fans is a move coming. I think there is a move coming, which all yeah. completely, change the complexion of this of this yeah. team i think that you know is kyle lowry going to come we've been the Sixers have been attached to like every uh player that's been d discussed moving uh in the last couple of weeks and i think you've heard a lot of stranger uh rumors lately because of the Embiid injury so i i'll be i'll be sitting on the edge of my seat so to speak stranger uh, danger yeah for the yeah. the for the playoff or for the all right you guys want to talk a little pigskin uh, sure. sure. Yeah, let's do it. 
Okay, so we never really got a chance to talk about the Dak Prescott contract, and I mean, honestly, we never really talked about Carson Wentz either. <laughs> <laughs> I legit thought that was a running gag. Never mention that name. <laughs> it's, it's it's the Matt Damon of the show. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's every week. It's like, oh, we need to talk about Carson this week. We'll oh, get to all the time, folks. <laughs> Hold on, we're we're just with Carson Wentz. <laughs> Something happened to Carson Wentz? Oh my God. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, like, that has been so exhausted. I don't even want to talk about it because it's like, oh, we already know everything about it anyway. Let's just move on. (laughs) Um, So, the Dak Prescott contract, uh, the uh, uh, Ryan Fitzmadrick is now with the, with Washington football team. And, um, the Bears, who were in the conversation with Carson Wentz, and then were in the conversation for uh, Russell uh, from Seattle, and now they're looking at Andy Dalton. So, first well, off, I let's talk. I think, I think Andy Dalton got a deal today, right? Oh, did he? Did yeah, he? I think, I think he. I think he's. I think he signed for the Bears for a year. I am giddy over this Dak Prescott conf- uh, uh, contract. <laughs> I'm absolutely giddy. There's two ways to win a Super Bowl, and it's have a young quarterback on a rookie deal or have a mega superstar quarterback that doesn't slit the throat of his own organization and believe them dry. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Dak Prescott is neither one of those things. He is neither <laughs> one of those things. It's crazy. Quarterback contracts this year, this offseason, have been like I, I it feels like I don't know anything about anything watching the way these things are getting spent. Like I would have never imagined that Washington would have done that deal. I would have never imagined how many years did Tom Brady get? Did he get four years? He's older than us. Uh, it's either fourth. Three, maybe? three or four, but like, yeah, but whatever, way more than he should be getting. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that that's just at some point, Tom Brady has to like fall off the table. It happens to everyone, it happens to everybody. Maybe he'll just gracefully tick down, but whatever. It's I'd like, kick down his supply of stem cells. Well, that's, <laughs> that's why the Joker is so like loosey goosey with the Lombardi trophy because you know. He's got four more. Quick, years. I need another baby to suck the blood out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't rely on Nelson Aguilar for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, if you are a Cowboy fan, you should be I'm concerned. Not. Just, just for the record, I'm not. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> if you're a Cowboys fan, you should be concerned about how happy I am about this contract. Now. Like yeah, I want to touch on the contract real quick on from the Cowboys' perspective, because what's the best case scenario? You paid him what he was worth when you probably didn't have to. You know he he didn't prove it, and after right. that injury, I think you could have got him for less. Personally, I'm happy for Dak because I felt really bad when he went down with that injury last year. I thought he, he seemed like a good human being. Um, you know, and he had that awful injury, and I felt really bad for him. And now he's making a whole lot of money, and I hope he really sucks. I hope, <laughs> I hope he's just absolutely awful, but really rich. And then maybe he'll be good on TV. You know, so that that is my hope to to Dallas fans. Yeah, I mean, like a player gets a mega contract and plays up to it is really not a very common headline that you see. Right, no. Uh, I get it. They were caught between a rock and a hard place. And Sarah, you know that I have strange ideas about how I would run professional sports teams. You know, my pull the goalie every power play uh, concept I really think has merit. But um, <laughs> I would only – I would if I, was a, if I was general manager of a professional football team, I would only have quarterbacks on rookie deals. As soon as your rookie deal's over – See you later. Goodbye. I'll either trade you on your last year or get a you know compensatory pick from your free agency. I'm only doing rookie deals and I'm spending my money elsewhere. I heard today that the Cowboys have five players in the in the top five 
of contracts in their positions. That's like the stars and scrubs uh, uh, philosophy of building a, a like a like a fantasy team, right. but like the stars aren't like really stars. They're not like that great. It's like Ezekiel Elliott, like his top five running back now. It's like mm, not really. <laughs> I hate Zeke. <laughs> I can't. I... <laughs> the, the, the Flyer season is going full on. The Sixers are interesting. The Phillies are around the corner, but somehow in the middle of March, you guys have you know brewed up my Cowboys hate. So that's <laughs> that's an achievement. I feel like maybe after every time I make a, a great quip on the podcast, I just do the. Oh, yeah, like, but then if I was Zeke, every time I make a mediocre quip, I would also. Yeah. <laughs> really, just, as soon as you open your mouth, you should start doing it. Welcome to Potadelphia, feed me. <laughs> I showed up today. Time to eat. <laughs> That's my work philosophy. Hey, Riverboat Gene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, kayak I Dave didn't here. Anything. I didn't prepare. Uh, I have anything. a no, no, no. It's it's a it's Kayak Dave uh, segment. Oh, oh, Kayak Dave. Oh, uh, I, I don't have a special, I don't have a special voice for my own character. <laughs> I thought um, you were Yacht Club Dave. What happened to Yacht Club? Dave? Oh, oh, was I Yacht? Oh, that's right. I'm Yacht Club. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my own names. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick with Washington Football Team yes. over under 700 passing yards against the Eagles this season. Oh. Um, yikes. Um, I'm gonna say under, but like not like way, way under. Okay, Sarah, but you got probably, a, you got a take like, on that? Probably like five touchdowns at least. At least. Um, who I I don't know about the five touchdowns, but I I'd be concerned about Washington football team. You know, and and Fitzpatrick has done. You know, pretty decently with mediocre teams. I'm going to take the over on the 700. Last time we played him, 400 yards and four touchdowns. Mm, that's not ideal. That is not. You ideal. Remember that game? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was against the freaking Dolphins. No, no, no. This was the. Uh, we played him against him. We played against him in the, as a as a Dolphin. I thought the Bucks game was the last time we. Oh, I thought the Dolphin. I think I thought him as a Dolphin was the game. Thought we had played him. Oh, was Bucks. that that horrible loss two years yeah, ago? Really. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't know if he had oh, the yeah, numbers, yeah. but he still beat us, which is the frustrating thing. What was the game that he like wore the uh, like the crazy Rocky two jacket after with the? Uh, that was the Tampa game. That was the Tampa. That's so like seared into my memory. Like I was like, please turn around so I could see the giant tiger on the back of this jacket. <laughs> that you're... And and if we knew Wentz was leaving town, we would have offered him a contract. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. our kind of guy. <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, uh, Aguilar and the Green Goblin going and, to and, and like New England. Literally everybody else in the last two days, it feels like. Every time I open up Twitter, it's like, so-and-so goes to the Patriots. Thankfully, it's not like anybody who is really all that good. Um, it's not like been like, oh, wow. But it just seems like Bill Pelichick just woke up today and was like, oh, 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 um, uh, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him. It's like he just can't stop writing checks. He, he's, it's, it must be all the subway he's been eating in the offseason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you got to try to make something happen. I guess you're seven and nine last year. Well, he's just mad that he got beat by Aguilar and, uh, and the goblin in, in the Super Bowl. So that's why he's starting to like reconstruct um, you know, his his mecha Godzilla version of the Patriots. The Nick Foles going to <laughs> New England. Oh, hey. Don't don't knock it. Although wouldn't that be a crazy heel turn if all of a sudden Nick Foles comes out like, is that Nick Foles music? Oh my god. He's a Patriot. <laughs> Nick Foles as a Patriot versus Tom Brady as a Tampa Bay <clears throat> Who are you rooting for? Oh, Nick Foles as a Patriot, not even not even a little bit close. I would just wow, really? that would. I mean, it's never going to happen. So, right. so if it does happen, we'll talk. But, <laughs> but that that's just the kind of chaos that I'm here for. <laughs> uh, okay, we got ten minutes left. You guys want to do a quick five minute nonsense conversation? Yeah. What were the other fifty? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my, my son's little league team this year is the Phillies. 
I posed this question um, in our in our little group chat. Should your hometown team be part of your hometown little leagues team rotation? What are your thoughts? Because I have feelings on this. <laughs> Gina, I'll let you go first. Unless you have a little league that's as large as the actual major league baseball, like if you've got that many teams, um, I feel like you should leave your home team out. Um, so you contest it should be the last team that you that you put into the want, rotation. Right, I don't see why you would have any reason to make sure that you include them. Um, mm -hmm. Because either it's going to be one of two things, depending on whether you're the 2002 version of the Phillies or you're the 2008 version of the Phillies. Either everybody's going to want to be on the team or nobody's going to be want to be on that team. Um, and you just really don't want to put yourself in the position where to a certain degree, you're you're rooting against your own sort of community symbol. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. in a lot of places, like you're, you know, if you were in New York, you know, even more so than Philadelphia, if you were in the Bronx and you were in a little league, um, yeah, you're sure as shit um, that you want to be uh, on the Yankees and you don't want to be, uh, you know, on on the Red Sox. Um, and, and I think maybe to Tim's point. Uh, the even even worse than having to play on your hometown or play against your hometown uh, team in Little League. Even worse is if you get stuck on the goddamn Mets, uh, like I did, um, where you feel like filthy every time you've got to put on your uniform. <laughs> filthy. <laughs> My entire Little League career was on story. the Braves and the Mets. I I would t I would get plumped. but the Braves were in the West back then, so yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. I would I would lean into pitches to get hit in the logo. Just that's how much I hate. That. <laughs> You're sick, man. You are so sick. Yeah, you you have a bit of a problem with with rivalries, Gene. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm in therapy for it. I'll let you know how that goes. Well, good. Get some meds. Um, okay, but I would. <laughs> I would. Um, yeah, I pretty much agree entirely with Gene and Tim. Maybe not with all the 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 anger um all the all the passion but i think of it even for you don't want your kids teams to be like the haves and the have nots so it's like let's say it's a five six team league 14 league whoever um and only one of them is the phillies that becomes the team all the kids want to be on and then also you know when you're a kid you tend to have multiple fandoms you know, you have, oh, the Phillies are my favorite, but I like, oh, that, that offended Dave. The Phillies are my favorite, but I like the colors of the Cincinnati Reds, you know, and that's like something kids do. So if you have a second team that's, you know, this is your, you know, this is your little league team, and they're the Rockies, and now all of a sudden you have another team to root for in the bigs. So yeah, I don't like it either. All right, here's my take. First off, Astros are out. Okay. We're <laughs> at least <laughs> off the board. At least this decade, no Astros. You don't want to be associated with any cheating organization that, that cheated its way to a championship. That sends the bad message. Astros should be excommunicated from all little leagues. I think I wish Little League would come out and officially say that. Like we're no more Astros in any of our little leagues. If not the if not the little league, at least post Francis. <laughs> oh, Pope Francis come out and say that. Yeah. Like, okay. Gotcha. When, when gotcha. Oh, the excommunication. I got and you. no teams named after Pope Francis either. <laughs> yeah. No, no division. Your, your hometown nine, their division out. The whole division, throw them out. There's no, there's no little league. It's got 30 teams in it. Just get rid of the whole division. Yeah. No Florida Marlins. I know you, everybody needs to have a, their kid in teal. <laughs> I want. And you, I think you got to put the classic rivalries in the division. So if it's like the the whatever you want to call them, like the minors division, they have the Yankees and the Red Sox are contained in that division. The majors, they have the Cubs and the Cardinals are contained in that division. Uh, the prep league or whatever, they have the the Dodgers and Giants. Like you want, I, I think you want to put rivalries in just because it's fun. It gives an opportunity for the kids to 
learn about them. I think it's good for them to be on teams that are not the hometown team. And like, you know, maybe they'd be interested in like watching those games or anything like this. I'm telling you that um, absolutely worked for my, for my nephew. He, he is a Phillies first Toronto blue Jay second, which is, I want to shake him sometimes and be like, remember Joe Carter. And he's like, no dude, I was, I was not born in 1993. I, I wasn't. So I don't know who Joe Carter is. Put me down. Well, you know who does know who Joe Carter is? The penalty box! Sort of, All right. Sort of weak because he's been in the penalty box. Hey! Oh, Jesus. Um, Gene. Feed me. Gene gets to start this week. Gene, because of that, Dave. Gene, who is in your penalty box? All right. So, over the weekend, you know, sometimes I can be a real pop-up. I don't know if that's what you called your grandparents, but, like... I can be a real. A I'm sorry, real what a puff up? No, a pop pop. pop oh, up. pop. <laughs> like I, you know, that's what I used to call my grandfather. Like, hey, pop up. But yeah. Okay. Like sometimes gotcha. that's sort of how I feel. I feel like I could be a real pop up. So, um, I was, I was, I was in a park, a public park after hours, um, and not like whoa, way after hey hours. now, <laughs> like not like way after hours. Okay. Wasn't it creepy. Did it have a section that had like bat wing doors you had to go through? Like, hey, this is the after hours park section. No, was your pop up George Michael? <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't out like cruising or whatever they 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 call it. Um, but <laughs> here's the thing. So it was one of those parks that I guess is like open sunrise to sunset or something. Um. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm just literally just uh, reconnecting my GPS and uh, picking a, a fun playlist to play on my drive home. And all of a sudden I, I go to pull away and I look out the window and there is this woman who has her phone out. And she now I'll admit my Nissan Versa does have a couple of dis, uh, like unsightly dents on the left side of the car, like on the passenger side. But she's Can't got relate. Yeah. She's got her phone out and she's filming me. Oh, after and, hours. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "What is?" I, I I was so taken aback. I think I actually squealed. Um, so <laughs> I begin to back up, and then I rolled my. She start like she's working her way around my car as I'm backing up. So we're now like eyeball to eyeball. She's at my driver's side window. So I roll my window down, and she just starts waving at me. For those that are watching on the podcast. It's sort of this move, just sort of like, hello, hello. And I'm like, can I help you? She's like, uh, um, are you high? And I said, mm, no. Are you drunk? Uh, no. Do you think you can drive? Um, yes. And I, <laughs> I wanted to ask this woman, like, excuse me, Karen, what, where is your badge? And exactly what are you enforcing here? I was in a parking spot. Okay, I, it must be that anybody that is 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 in there after dusk, which she was too, uh, must be doing something unsightly. <laughs> you can't tell on me because that proves you were also in the park. <laughs> you were here, and this is the society that we live in now. Because the only thing going through my knucklehead brain is if I scream at this woman, all of a sudden the next thing I'm going to do is when I get home. Right next to next week's episode of Potadelphia is going to be the highly searched crackhead dude in <laughs> screams at Karen. <laughs> that that was going to be what was going to happen. So I just calmly said, "Please don't get in the way of the car. I'm going to leave. I'm going. I'm going to exit the park now." And she's like, "Well, we'll see. We'll see." Whoa! <laughs> no. I promise you, I'm in a car. You're standing over there. I'm leaving. So I did. So I I, I left. But I, I'm putting the amateur detective in the park. I'm not going to say what park it was in case she's listening. If you're there. You know who you are. Um, I'm putting her in the penalty box. Because really, you're way too nosy. If you really thought I was doing something that horrible, just call a cop. Just call oh a cop. God. You don't need to film me. Just call a cop. Unless you thought I was kidding. In, in which case, you should have given me, given me your number. We could Sixers do. win, by the way. Woohoo! Yeah. So anyway, she's in the penalty box. You know, Good luck with that one, Sarah. That I don't know yeah. where you're going to go with that. Good. Um, Bless right. your segment. To the random 
creeper lady who was either looking to score drugs off Gene, looking to hook up with Gene, or looking to go internet famous. I think it was that. That's what I think. Mind your own business. Put your phone away. Just let people live their lives. Um, two minutes for a creepy stalker vibe. All right, Dave. Good luck following that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Mike Greenberg in uh, my penalty box for even having a show called Get Up on ESPN uh, because this show fills me with rage every time I watch it. And I don't know why, but I turn it on at some point every day just to hear people talk about sports. And, you know, usually it's filled with some Dak Prescott nonsense, but I believe maybe that... Um, that well has finally run dry at this point for a few weeks. And so today, get up, put its top five all-time quarterbacks list together. And number one, Tom Brady. At okay. number two, Joe Montana. All okay. right. This is pretty normal so far. <laughs> number three, Aaron Rodgers. Not Terry Bradshaw. He's got way more rings. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I see that there's some recency bias here, but like, you know, okay. Number four, Peyton Manning, who I would have put ahead of Aaron Rodgers, but like, whatever. At least this is all in the realm of possibility. Number five, all-time quarterback. Dan Marino. What? Dan Marino. No. no. Number five, all-time quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. No. That's not even that's not even plausible. Not Dan Marino. Not John Elway. Not Terry Bradshaw. Not Fran Tarkenton. Not and not there's just a ton of uh potential quarterbacks you could have put in there. But well, the because started in 1983. That's we all know that. <laughs> but because the show is just ridiculous and you have to say ridiculous shit and I'm sitting here talking about it. So it must've had a desired effect. <laughs> we have to make these ridiculous controversial lists that don't make any sense. So I stopped paying attention to ESPN a long time ago, even though I turn it on every day. <laughs> so, so for my own like paradox, Mike Greenberg, you're going into the penalty box. All right, Greeny, for making Dave turn red with anger on your show, Get Up Can Get Out, uh, two-minute double minor for double puns in your penalty. Sarah, who is in your penalty box? All right, I have yet another repeat offender, um, and this guy's going to have to probably talk to the league pretty soon. Everyone's favorite from um, the Bryce Harper watch, John Heyman. Did you guys see his tweet? Ah, yeah. Yes. This is egregious. This is so, about the Marlins general manager, correct? It is. It yeah. is. No. So the tweet is this, and it's meant as a compliment. It is New Marlins GM Kim Ang is getting great reviews for her work ethic, preparedness, and smarts in her first few months in Miami. And if there is more patronizing bullshit to diminish the first female GM in Major League Baseball history, the first Asian GM in Major League Baseball history, I've not encountered it. This is ridiculous. Complimenting her work ethic. Okay, so we're presuming she's lazy? Complimenting her preparedness. Again, laziness. And then complimenting her smarts. Not her baseball IQ. Not not her intelligence, not her intellect, not her demeanor, but her smarts. Like she couldn't understand another word. And this, it, it would be insulting without context. But with context, it is, it is grossly inappropriate. So for those who don't know uh, Kim Ang, here is a nice summary of her 30-year MLB resume. 30 years. And this is written by uh, a woman named Sarah Spain in an article from November 13th on ESPN. One paragraph of a great article. It says, 
Ang started as an intern with the Chicago White Sox at age 21, worked her way up to a job as the American League's uh, director of waiver and records, and then at age 29 became the youngest assistant GM in Major League Baseball, working for Brian Cashman and the New York Yankees. She joined the Dodgers as vice president and assistant GM in 2001 and left to serve as senior vice president of baseball operations of MLB in 2011. Before being named GM of the Marlins on Friday, she had interviewed, she had been interviewed and been passed over for at least five open GM positions. Including she the Phillies, been, right? Was it including the Phillies? I don't I know. Mean, I, I feel like she was in the mix with the Clentac hire. Maybe. I don't I don't know. But I mean, I, she she should have been. Yeah. This is this is someone who's so incredibly qualified. So her only job in her adult life has been working for Major League Baseball, not even minor league baseball, not even. But but But, Sarah, is she well spoken? um, Well, she definitely has the smart. She's well spoken. It doesn't say if she's well spoken, but she's prepared and she has good work ethic. That's probably the problem. Probably not. So John Heyman, (laughs) um, go to hell. You're not going to the penalty box. John Heyman, go to hell, you patronizing asshole. But for consistency's sake, two minutes for going to hell. Okay, go go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that we're we're over an hour, so that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back next Tuesday. What are we going to talk about next Tuesday? I guess just more Flyers, Sixers, and Phillies, right? It'll be one week closer to the Phillies starting. So that'll be. (laughs) Maybe we could talk about the Carson Wentz trade. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. hey. Maybe we finally circle back to the Carson Wentz. All right. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. Also, be sure to check out and follow the Painted Lines for your wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. So until next Tuesday, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.